Welcome everyone, you are listening to the I Am A Sparching Podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show, it will probably suck. Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. Hope everybody has warmed up from world championships. I never got cold because I didn't go. And by the looks of it and what I've read on Facebook, it looks like the only thing I missed was hypothermia. Anyway, got Bruce Jackson back on the show. He's going to tell us, give us a little recap on how his weekend went. If you want to find out more about Bruce, go to episode 50, was when I had him on here about a year ago, and check that episode out too. Here it go! Bruce Jackson, what is up, brother? Hey, how are you? Good. So, Bruce, can you believe it's been almost a year since we did the first episode? It was like November the 1st. Uh, with me and you oh really so yeah it's oh. almost like our year anniversary give or take a month nice right nice that yeah. was episode 50 so if you want to kind of hear how bruce got into ocr and how he got his cool naval tattoo you want to check out episode 50 but bruce a little bit's changed since then because before you were you know, you owned a pizza restaurant, and now you've sold the restaurant. And one would like to know, how can you sell out on pizza, man? <laughs> oh, man, I just did it for way too long, bro. It was time for a change. It was, uh, it was unrewarding. Right. As much as I love pizza, the business itself was not for me. I should have done it a long time ago. I should have switched. Dude, everybody I know that has managed either you know owned a restaurant or even managed at a restaurant they've all said the same thing dude so what are you doing now so now um i got into uh um, personal training got um spent like the last two years even when i was talking to you before getting uh you know getting all my education and certifications and all that stuff so i could uh, just go and pursue what I like doing, which is, you know, not only the crazy obstacle course, but just uh, it's more rewarding for me to help people and help them get more fit, feel better about themselves. Right. And just, and, and you're yeah. training at uh, uh, Joe Rivera's gym, too, the Get It Core Fitness Gym? Yeah, that's one of the gyms I train. Um, I train, so I do... Some boot camp classes there that are OCR based, and I actually do uh, some of my um, SGX um, clients. I train out of there for obstacle course racing, but oh, cool. the majority of my personal training I do out of um, body control. Right. So, and when you say body control, what what does that involve? No, uh, it's just uh, it's a it's a fitness studio. We do we we do classes. We do personal training. Right. Um, work a lot with, uh, I work a lot with uh, a couple of the high schools, training cross country teams, softball teams. Um, it's kind oh, wow. of a little bit of everything type of gym. It's, it's a real cool place. Oh, that sounds pretty cool. 
So, dude, you were at World Champions uh, this past weekend, man. Tell us how it went, dude. Oh, my God, dude. I can't even describe to you how horrible this race was. <laughs> it was. It was bad. The weather um, looked like the, the first and foremost, the hardest obstacle of the weekend. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I was prepared for the weather. The, the big issue that you're going to hear coming out of this from everybody, from the OCR media to even some of the athletes, you're going to get, why did we have the swim? It was um, probably a little bit dangerous to put us in the water. It right. was not, uh, the day before on Saturday, it was okay. You know, it was like uh, 38 to 45 degrees. They had the sun out. But the day we raced on Sunday, uh, I think what I heard the top of the mountain where that swim was was pushing 19. Holy we had crap. like 30 to 40 mile an hour gusts and sleeting snow and hail sideways. It was horrible. It sounds like and it. And so, yeah, and there was just no way to prepare for it because you had to, you know, it's Spartan. Anything you take up there with you, you have to take through all the obstacles and you have to, um, you know, you got you got to deal with it all. You can't shed clothes and then put them back on. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, you're dealing with there's just so many levels of it. You got the altitude. You got the right. You know, fighting the mountains. You got the fact that all the obstacles are iced over. You got the freezing cold water and how you're going to deal with the swim. And bro, it was crazy. I can't. I haven't gotten the final number on the DNFs, but um, I've seen it, a lot of there. people that have said that, you know, I DNF'd. I mean, even our buddy Daniel, uh, I saw today that he had yeah. DNF'd. And that, that was really surprising to me because that ain't, that ain't something Daniel would usually do. But he's a Florida boy, and if y'all don't know, Bruce is from Florida, and I'm from South Georgia, just as close to Florida. And, man, that's – I mean, I, I tell you what, I was almost regretting not going – up until I saw just the weather forecast was not changing, I'd be like, yeah, you know what? I think I'm good with staying at home and saving some money. <laughs> yeah, and you probably made the right decision because, you know, you risk getting hypothermia. I, I don't have a problem with the cold. I'm from New York. You know, I went up to Greek Peak earlier in the year. It was 19 degrees the whole day. I won that race. Yeah. I got, cold doesn't bother me. It was, it was getting in the water and then getting out and how you had to deal with that that was the issue. So Spartan has this... Um, they have this formula that I learned this weekend. You might already know this. I just learned it this weekend. Where with water obstacles, the temperature of the water and the temperature outside have to, those two numbers have to equal 80. Otherwise, the water obstacles are closed for the event. That Did seems you know weird. Okay, well, so they, they delay the event in the morning because it's, 19 degrees <laughs> and everything's iced over and, and we all kind of just thought that they were delaying the event so they could keep us swimming because everybody's like oh there's no way we're swimming there's no way we're swimming right the day before it was optional and you know it's 19 degrees it's 20 degrees <laughs> they're telling so when we're starting the race they're telling us swims open ape hangers open um which is telling us you know those two things are equal in 80 <laughs> There's no way that that, uh, there's no way. I mean, I got in the water. They were saying the water was 51. There's no, I know 51 is cold, but even if it was 
20 at the top of the mountain, which it wasn't. That water would have had to be 60 plus for them to open it. And it just, bro, I mean, you got out of that water and you had a two mile hike down the mountain that was come to Jesus time with yourself. That's right. where most people DNF. That's where I was like, I don't think I can do this. <laughs> um, oh man, I passed. I mean, you're just passing. It was apocalyptic. You're passing people that are crying, shivering. They're not knowing how to like, like speak. You're dodging the, the little medical trucks that are coming and going. They shut down the gondola. It was taking people up to the, they call it the, what do they call it, the soccer field where they have all those obstacles. Right. They shut it down so they could reverse it and take people off the mountain mm -hmm. that were having hypothermia. They put my son on the thing. He passed out. Well, I thought I saw him having five. a finishing time. Yeah, and we're trying to figure that out too because <laughs> a lot of the people that DNF'd, um, if you look at their stuff, they... Technically, it's like it's showing where they are based on their last split. Right. In Dominic's case, I think because he came down to the finish line with me, like while he was, he was waiting on me to finish with his buddy, I'm starting to think the finish line because he never got his chip cut off. Oh. Uh, You're supposed to cut your chip off. Right. So if you look at his, it's like it stops after, I think, handbag carry. Like there's no splits after that all the way to the finish line, and then he has a time. And it's like seven hours or something, wow. whatever it was. So I think he got a little close to the finish line, still having his chip. Uh, that was the next thing it read. So it gave him a, but no, he didn't finish. He was. Is he pretty uh, bummed about it? Or was uh, he? Yeah. You know, you go all the way out there. He doesn't get a medal. He doesn't get a t-shirt. He doesn't get any of that stuff. Um, yeah. I think he was, I guess he, but for him, it wasn't the um, it wasn't the hypothermia. He passed out um, from lack of oxygen. Holy crap! You know, he said he was. It was after they had this gnarly double sandbag carry. I heard about one it. Of the hardest thing ever done. It looked pretty um, rough. So, yeah, people were dragged. I mean, that was another apocalyptic scene. Like I heard people crying. were cheating left and right too. Dude, they were doing what? I heard that people were cheating Cheating, on that sandbag, dragging the bags and leapfrogging the bags. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there was bags laying everywhere. Like, people just quit. So Mm. many people quit on that thing and just left the bags and walked off the mountain. Wow. (laughs) I'm done. I mean, so you're dodging that. You're dodging. uh, It was crazy. But I guess he got, uh, he got, he said he just got lightheaded, and the next thing he knew is he was walking, he woke up in the medical tent. Wow. And then they put a, one of those, blankets around him and put him on the gondola and sent him on his way. wonder if he had those sandbags like too tight around his neck and it kind of helped, you know, didn't help matters either too. Well, he had some asthma issues and he didn't bring his inhaler. Right. And I just think he was, he was in first for his age when he uh, went out. Oh man. Yeah. He was doing really well. I don't know like what the swim would have done to him. I'm skeptical on how he would have handled that. Not (laughs) skeptical, but that was a whole nother thing, like getting through that. And I don't think he was dressed properly for it. Yeah. See, I've got asthma too. And it, like, it rarely bothers me. Like if I'm having like some kind of weird allergic reaction or something, or if like I've already got a cold, it'll try to flare up then and I'll start wheezing a little bit. But I've always told myself if I ever go do a race that's at elevation, I'm going to run with my inhaler just because I don't know how, 
my asthma is going to react to elevation. You know, you hear some horror stories about some of that. Yeah, that's and that's a smart thing. So when you went to killing, did you, or killing, did you bring it back? No, I didn't bring it then because I, I think the max it gets is like four thousand feet at the pe- at the peak there. So I think I was I okay you. there. I mean, I had it in my bag at the room, but you know, I didn't run with it. Gotcha. But there's a big difference so, between Killington and Tahoe. So you know who probably saved my race is, uh, and I gotta give him props because he doesn't even know that he did is Ireland. Really? Um, yeah, we're we're sitting down there talking at the start line, and he's like, "Well, what are you gonna do for the for the swim?" I was like, "All right, well, I got my neck." I got my neck warmer. I got my hand warmers inside my gloves, which I was taking off and for the obstacles so my hands stayed warm and the palms stayed yeah. nice and hot. And uh, I'm like, I'm just going to throw that stuff. I got a one-gallon Ziploc. I'm going to throw that stuff in there and uh, swim. He's like, what about your shirt? And I was like, no. I, I figure I'll be sweating by then and the shirt's already going to be wet. I'm just going to jump in. I've done it before. He's like, no. You got to take that off. He goes, it's going to suck. But you got to take as much off as you have to get off. Put it in the bag, and then you're going to want to have dry clothes when you hit that mountain on the way down. Man, I'll tell you what. As horrible as that was, just I probably spent 10 minutes getting undressed and redressed, especially getting redressed after because you're shaking and you can't move your hands. And you're wet. Um, it's hard to put a compression shirt on when you're uh, wet. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> but I'll tell you what. That saved me. Going down that mountain, um, and the wind's just hitting you, it was, yeah. I mean, I couldn't feel my left foot. My jaw locked open. I was talking to my buddy Caleb Cooper, who ran um, in the Elite. We had the same issue. Oh, wow. Your jaw, you know, your, your teeth chattering because your jaw is, you know, has that whatever spasm that happens yeah. when you're cold. But when you're on the mountain breathing, my mouth was open all the time because I'm trying to get as much oxygen as possible. So, it was slightly open. By the time I got to the bottom of the hill, couldn't close my mouth or open it any further. It was locked where it was. And I couldn't, it was like I had locked eye. I couldn't move it. My foot, couldn't feel my left foot the whole time down the mountain. I'm thinking, if I lose a freaking toe, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> you know? So you, you, know, you get, but it was every eighth of a mile down the mountain as you got back towards festival, you got a little bit warmer. Right. A little bit warm. Then I could start to feel my fingers, and I could put my gloves on all the way and put the hand warmers back in. And then I started to be able to wiggle my toes on my left foot. And I was like, all right, we're good. And then by the time you get down to the bottom, it's like, all right, so no more water. Now it's just a success for the next seven miles. Hmm. So, uh, but I was in 50th place coming out of the swim. Wow. And I got passed by about 35 people going down that mountain. I just couldn't move. Wow. Um, and Jeff Boomhauer, who I was with all the way to the final sandbag in the last mile, I think he placed like 20-something. Um, dude was right in front of me. Um, he was coming down the sandbag when I was going up. Uh, I finished 86. He finished 22. So Jeez. that 15 to 20 minutes accounted for 60 places. Holy crap. And overall. Well, the last sandbag wasn't the double. The first sandbag was a double, right? Yeah, last sandbag wasn't a big deal. It's just you know, it was no big deal. Right. So, on the 
double sandbag, and this had my curiosity, and I've watched a lot of the live feed, but I haven't finished all of it, and of course, it's only showing the elites. Did they run out of sandbags for the when the age group okay. comes to there? Dude, when I got to the sandbag, the two that I had to get were frozen in the ice in the bottom of the only bin that had two left. Holy and I had to crap. break them out. And, of course, they're frozen. So you'd like to move them around and get them even because of the long ones with the, you know, the saddly ones. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. The ones we usually get. The rook bags. The rook. The longer yeah, rook ones. Yeah, there. yeah. But wherever the sand was was frozen. So however it was left in there was how I had to carry it for more than half of the way. I bet they were heavy. Um, oh, my God. They were <laughs> brutal. Like, if you've never you've done the top of it, they put the double sandbag typically where the bucket carry normally is. Yeah. Which is straight down this this cliff and then across the bottom and back up the cliff again. That's where the half pipe Rocks. is at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it was brutal. And about halfway down, I was able to put the bag down, move the sand so it was even. And at that point, I chucked them over my shoulders, you know, blocked my hands behind my head. And I was able to walk up. And it, it kind of shocked me how many people were struggling there. Like, it was it was brutal. It was shitty. But once I got them situated, yeah. it, was, it was fine. So your heat went kind of was one of the last heats to go out, right? 40 to 49, right? Yes. This is another thing that's unexplainable to me. Yeah. So. I, uh, yeah. It was. The 18 to, or the 14 to 22 year olds or whatever went off first, followed by the 50 plusers second. That's 50 all the way out now. <laughs> um, See, I wonder what the, the strategy was behind that. Women. What? I wonder what the strategy was, but the way they staged the age groups for this. I couldn't tell you. Like, if you're trying to get. I mean, you would think they would make it so the groups that have the average best times would follow up yeah. elites in succession yeah. so that the flow would go better, right? Because then they're just right. moving on and off the course quicker. Um, and, you know, we all kind of speculated on maybe they just didn't want it to, they didn't want it to go too long in case there was awards. They want people out there. So if they put the 50 plusers out there dead last and, they're taking seven hours. Are they approaching like darkness? I don't know. I wonder if they maybe put the younger easy. and the older crowd first because maybe, I mean, and you're not, I mean, you're only talking about 30, 45 minutes, but maybe they were thinking it might take them longer to deal with the cold, you know? Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying. Yeah. They're not out, if they're out there for seven hours, you know, if they can shave an hour off of daylight for them. Yeah, putting them out early. That's the only thing I could think. And then the forty to forty-nine year uh, women went off in front of us. Right. So, so what, the teenagers, older people, and the women were in front of the age group that pretty much has dominated age groups this year. So I was getting the text uh, because I was signed up to do the race, and I was getting all the warning texts, and it said they pushed it back two hours. So what was the actual time that you started the race? Uh, twelve forty-five. Okay. Was my start time. It was supposed to be ten forty-five. Right. And uh, they pushed it. Yep. 
Well, that wasn't too bad, but I bet some people were out there until it got dark, I bet. We got a um, we got a message while we were there. Somebody had posted the last person came across, and it was, yeah, darkness was approaching. Oh, wow. I don't know who it was or how, uh, how old they were, but, you know, they were definitely pushing seven, eight hours. Well, I know Ducky, my buddy Ducky was coming in, he was right behind you. I don't know if you know him or not. Oh, yeah? But I saw that in the results, um, so. I thought that was pretty awesome. He, our age group? Yeah, he's 40. He always wears the shorts. It's got the ducks oh, on yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. He busted his leg all up. Yeah, he had to get stitches. Yeah, it was gnarly. Yeah, he came. Yeah, me and uh, Boomhauer were talking when he came in. and so I was like, <laughs> yeah, It was pretty nasty. Yeah, I think he said he slipped with the sandbags is what he was talking because he was telling me about people were dragging the sandbags and... You know, shuttling the sandbags and stuff. Yeah, I didn't shuttle, but I'm not going to lie. I drug mine for about 10 yards when I first got it because of how it was frozen, and I couldn't I couldn't grab it. Right. I, I drug it, and it actually loosened up the sand enough for me to even it out. Way to go, Bruce. Turn your metal back in. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I heard of it. I don't think I think you're exactly right you know because it was just so cold the conditions I think they were just and probably and like you said most people were tapping out right there they were probably just in like whatever you gotta do to get them back you know get them back yeah <laughs> from, from that I'll tell you that little spot there where it was double sandbag into the gauntlet with the um, ape hanger into swim was really tough with the conditions that was happening, the obstacles you had to deal with, and just you know, like I said, the swim ending it. That was that was wow, probably the hardest thirty minutes I've ever raced in the Spartan race. Now, did Ducky? Did he do the ape hanger? I don't know. I don't know if he told me that or not. Ask him because. Um, Daniel told me he was behind me by about 20, 30 minutes and he told me when he got to Ape Hanger they shut it down. Oh, really? But I did it. And I, yeah. So if he was behind me, I'm interested to know if it was shut down when he went because from what I understand they shut it down pretty much right after I did it. Wow. Within 20 minutes. I know there was a video of Faye Stinning going in there and she just, when she hit the water she just, you know, looked like she was about to lock up. Yeah, you know, if, what they should have done is they should have canceled the swim because you were submerged, and that was just too much to put people in. But the ape hanger, you know, I felt like that should have stayed even though it was really bad cold. Even though that water was probably colder. Right. You're only up to your waist. Like, you're not getting submerged. Your your bottom is going to cool off, you know, and, or, I'm sorry, your bottom is going to dry off and, your muscles are bigger in your legs. Like it just, it's not as bad, I guess. Yeah. You know, your hands aren't getting wet. Your face isn't getting wet. Your neck, your chest. Um, so I, I didn't mind that being open. Yeah, but when you're going I neck deep in the, in the, when you're going neck deep in, deep in the lake, that's that's a different story. But I bet yeah. that the ape hanger water was colder because it's a smaller body of water. You know, it'd probably take a really long time to cool the water in the lake as it would, you know, the, the water underneath the, 
the ape hanger. But and another thing is, is when you talk about that 80 degree method they use to test the water, I think I saw where one video where Steve Hammond had a thermometer in his hand and it and I don't know if he had it like on a string and he dropped it so far in the water or if he just stuck it in the water. But you know, like you pull out a pool th thermometer that's just right there at the top of the water. You, I mean, you know it's going to be, you know, a lot colder, deeper down in the water as you go, you know? That's right. That's right. And, and so with that video, I didn't see that. Was he proving that the water temperature was the temperature it was? Did he say what it was? Was that... I can't yeah. remember. It was like before. Um, it was before the race weekend started, where they were okay. saying the swim was going to be in. I want to say it might have been Friday when I saw that. I know the sun was out. <laughs> That's like yeah, I say. Saturday wasn't bad. I had two clients that raced on Saturday for their first time, and the swim was optional. They both did it. Right. I can tell you that they would not have on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the pictures of the course between Saturday and Sunday, it looked like a different a different area because of the snow, you know. And you know, it was cold at Killington and the I mean, it wasn't as cold as what y'all had to do with and the winds were awful at the top of the mountain and but the only time the wind bothered us was when we were at the top of the mountain because Killington, yeah. you're running in wooded areas the whole time there's trees everywhere except for when you're on top of the mountain and that's one thing i noticed about this venue there ain't no trees nowhere hardly <laughs> it, it just no. looks like you're running no. on desert mountains so i could only imagine how bad the wind was most of that race it had to have been just dreadful it, it cuts you in half like at the top there it, it literally cuts you in half it was um, so when you were on the way up before you got to like the first of the main obstacles, you, they had this little weird bridge. It was only, uh, it was small. Um, and you could see that the people coming back down the mountain from the top, they kind of had to crawl under it almost like barbed wire crawl. Yeah. I saw that in the live feed. Very long. Yeah. Okay. Or the feed. So, it's not live. When I was coming back down the mountain, approaching that area I mean there's people everywhere just bailing out and wow. crying <laughs> and I hear this whimpering from I'm like where is that coming from and I'm just trying getting closer and getting closer and I see the bridge and I still the whimpering is loud like it's like this horrible just I'm dying cry and there's a guy under the bridge trying to get warm. wrapped in one of those blankets that they he obviously had already been seen by medical because he got one of those you know those emergency blankets blanket. the, a space blanket you know, like metal it was like tin foil yeah, yeah yeah and he's in a fetal position under that bridge I don't, I don't know if he was crying but he was oh my god I'm so cold I can't do it and he's just yelling to him <laughs> oh my god yeah and I just I rolled past him I'm like are you okay and he just kept yelling that he was he was cold and he couldn't move, and so I just, like, it literally, within 25 yards from that, there was medical coming up the mountain, um, and I told them about him, but I wow. have a feeling they were already heading that way. I'm surprised yeah, you didn't tell the Spartan to fuck up or something. 
<laughs> no, dude, I, I couldn't really talk because my mouth was seized open. So it was kind of like a, uh, <laughs> you okay? Are you t- <laughs> talking not- like you just had a Novocaine <laughs> shot at the dentist? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like I just had my teeth pulled out of my face. Yeah, pretty much. So did you have any trouble with any of the obstacles? What was that monkey twister monkey thing uh, like? So, What'd you fail, Bruce? Okay. So my streak is over. <laughs> I didn't make it through the year. I missed Spear. Oh, no. I never. Anybody that knows me knows I don't miss Spear. I missed it at Killington. I missed it so bad. I, I never think about that obstacle. It was early in the race, which bothered me because there was plenty of time to catch up. Like, I don't feel like that obstacle is dire when, or is, as much of a... Um, a mover in the in the scope of the the finishers when yeah. it happens in the first two miles of a thirteen mile race, but right. you can make that up. Right, especially uh, that video. Not only you doing burpees, but you're doing burpees fresh, so they're faster. Right. So I missed it so bad; just wasn't paying attention. I'm so focused on that swim, and just it was in my head. And I was also focused on the twister monkey twister. Well, that was at the bottom of the hill um, after the swim. That two mile come to Jesus meeting you have with yourself. Right. You don't know if when you get to the bottom, you're just going to walk to your car <laughs> or if you're going to keep going. Um, but that was at the bottom. But I, I rope climb was first, and I'm like, let's see how your hands are for rope. They were good. Like, my hands were thawed out. They were hot. Went up the rope really good. Back down it, and then you had Twister Monkey Twister. So I'm good. Uh, twister Twister section was good. Monkey's good. I'm on the fourth or the third Twister section. Got through it. I'm on the fourth one, and it was turned, but the way that my hand was and where I was, I wanted, I didn't want my right hand on it, I wanted my left hand to get it because of how the, you know how they rotate one way, and then the next one's like the opposite way, right? So you can't really get in a rhythm. So I was trying to get it with my right hand, but I didn't realize that they don't completely rotate all the way around. Did you know that? What? They stop. No, they got to yeah. rotate all the way around. They don't. And I thought they did. And I'm sitting there with my right hand on top of the, trying to twist it around so it would come back around in my right hand and it wouldn't move. It, I could just, it just kept clicking, coming to a stop. And I'm like, what the crap? So that kind of screwed me up. I'm hanging there. Um, anyway, I got three, four rings into that one, and I slipped and fell off. Did burpees. That's where I... Met up with Boomhauer. He was doing burpees there. Dude, no way, man. I, they got to go all the way around. It makes me wonder if yours was messed up or something. Could have been, but it was, uh, I think, I think a friend of mine, um, he might have videoed it. Uh, if I get a chance, if I get a copy of that, I'll send it to you. But I was, I was, pull, I was twisting that thing on the top and it would not turn. It was just stuck in that spot. I think, those, so I don't understand it, but it didn't. It wouldn't move. That's crazy. Could have been iced over. It could have been. Yeah. Wasn't somebody on the other end of it, was there? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it wasn't. No, there wasn't very many people. It was pretty spaced out by then because you're right. at mile eight. It was odd because obstacles that I normally don't have any problem with, I didn't do very well with in this race, and obstacles that are normally kind of in my head, I did really well on. Right. Well, I mean, it's cold, you know, and all that ice and that weather, man, it's just going to change everything. Yeah, it definitely did. The multi-rig, I was shocked that I got that because that was in the middle of, that was in the middle of it all. And 
That was up there where it was cold, right? Yeah. Yeah, and they had a... It was awesome, though. I loved that rig. It was just like the one we had in West Virginia, except three ropes at the end were knotted better. Yeah, I Um, saw that. Yeah, they were... It was like a brand new rig. Oh, cool. Um, Yeah, that was a good one. And Ace Hanger was kind of freaking me out. Even though I've never failed it, I was worried about the water and worried about it all. But I got it. What about that material that they put on Olympus and the uh, the oh, box? Yeah. It looks super slippery. Um, yeah, yeah. And I don't know. Yeah, it was like the pictures I saw before the race, you could see like reflections in it. Yeah, somebody said what the material was called, but I forgot what they said it was. I felt like the box was really easy. Uh, maybe because it was dry down there. Yeah. Uh, all the snow had basically melted when I got there. So it was dry. Uh, the box, was, the ropes were longer. The box was really easy, or I just did it in a way that I don't know. But normally, that's not what I don't like, and I was up and down pretty quickly. But the yeah, the Olympus, yeah, you were hanging on for dear life on that. You couldn't really use your feet. I tried to do the Ireland way, and yeah, <laughs> that wasn't happening. Yeah, well, there was when we did Carolina, there was ice on it, and yeah, it didn't work at all. I I immediately dropped off because I was like, this ain't happening, so I just dropped off. But I saw the way Nicole did it in her video. Man, she crushed Olympus with just nothing but her arms, dude. Really? Yeah. You you get a chance, go and look at the way she did it. And it was making me think, you know, since if they stick with that new material because it looks slipperier, I think that that method, the way she used, would work really good. And I think Dustin Livingood kind of does it that way too. But you pretty much just put your your legs back and just lay on your belly and just use nothing but the holes and nothing but your arms. And uh, you could probably do it that way. About towards the end of it, my arms just start giving out, and I usually can't make it trying to do it that method. If 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 I can't have my feet on it and I have to go to my knees, I usually will fail it if I have to do the whole thing that way. Yeah, I don't. I don't my my Olympus wall is ugly every way that I do it. I never really fail it, but it's not pretty. <laughs> yeah, I haven't failed it since Tahoe two years ago when they made it like twice as long. Oh wow. Um, but. Yeah, I'm not, but it's not pretty. The way I do it, it's it's pretty pretty all over the place and ugly. I haven't failed it this year, knock on wood. And I hope I don't. Yeah, well, we don't have very many races. You going to Atlanta? Oh, yeah. You going? Oh, hell yeah. I got to redeem myself. I hear you. I'm sure you will. <laughs> you better not fail nothing. Because I'm sure I'll yeah, be behind you. If you fail two things, I might be able to catch you. Yeah, if you fail two things, you definitely will. Sure. <laughs> so how did Sarah do? Man, I'm super proud of her, man. Oh, okay, so when I got through the swim and I was on my come to Jesus talk with myself down the mountain, her and Dominic were in my head. I was like, if I'm th- at this point, are they going to make it? Right. You know, hopefully that was all I could think was I know where I'm at and I know what I can take. And I just, so, but we, you know, when I got done, we started looking up her, her, uh, her splits and she got past it and then she was past something else. And so I saw that she was at the box, which is once you're at the box, you're just, it's just a hike at that point. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and I got a video of her coming in to Herc. And, boy, she struggled. She struggled with Herc. She ended up getting it. I, you know, yelling at her, step on the rope. It took her a while, but she got it. She crossed the finish line. She's just bawling. Just, I don't know if it was pain or if it was joy or what, but um, anybody that crossed that finish line oh, yeah. in my book, is you got you got something else inside you. Well, that's awesome because that, that's just her second beast, right? Yeah. That's awesome, yeah. man. I yeah, know. It's I, like her eighth race ever. <laughs> oh, like, wow, dude. <laughs> Yeah, she was like, we're not, I'm never doing anything like this again. Like, I don't think I'm going to do anything like this. <laughs> well, they're saying that it's not going to go back to Tahoe next year anyway, so. Yeah. Have you seen this, this post where they're talking about going to Abu Dhabi with the World Championships? Yeah, it was a talk this weekend, but I don't feel like Joe wants to lose that much money because I ain't going to Abu Dhabi. I ain't going I to Abu Dhabi. I can't imagine you are. I mean, I know the town, especially the only re- the, the main reason why I remember that town is because there was an old cartoon with Garfoot Field, and he wanted to send like they brought another cat into the house, and he wanted to mail the cat to Abu Dhabi. That's the only reason why I recognize the name of this town, probably. But I had to like Google Map it because I didn't know exactly where it was at, and then I saw it was like you know like really south of Iran, and I was like, man, I don't want to go over there. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the Middle East. Yeah. It'll be the exact opposite of what we dealt with Sunday, though. It'll be 180 degrees. Yeah, you'll be running through sand for 13 miles. You'll start the race, it'll be 40 degrees, and then you end the race, it'll be 108. I mean, I'm totally sheltered here in the South. I I mean, I might just have a biased opinion on what Abu Dhabi's land is like. I mean, it might be just, (laughs) you know, I I have no clue, man. I I don't know a lot about Abu Dhabi. I guess I'm. I, I can't imagine they're like that's like it's Spartan. It's, I mean, I get it. You're trying to make it a world thing, but this isn't OCR world. Like it's Spartan. We're it sounds far fetched. Like your yeah, your your bread and butter is Americans and the money that I'm sure we spend compared to outside. I don't. I just don't think that I can't. Yeah, it sounds far fetched. I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not going either. I mean, I would rather go to the Sparta, you know, trifecta weekend before I went to Abu Dhabi. Yeah. I mean, that's just way more appealing to me. Yeah, and see if they, at least then you're putting some uh, nostalgia to it if you were to do the championship in, say, Greece. Okay, well. Yeah. I think that makes sense, kind of. I mean, it's kind of crazy them having, you know, the ultra, 24-hour ultra in Sweden, too. I mean, I mean, I'm, I know a lot of people will fly and go to that because it's a super cool place, but still, I mean... You know, if they had an ultra world championships in the U.S., it would probably sell out, you know. It would be like World's Toughest Mudder, you know, but Spartan's version of it. I just feel like they would probably get more sales if they did it in the U.S., just like they will with world championships. I mean, they moved that, right? They're moving that to the U.S. I mean, I don't know a lot about all the other how many people go to the races in other countries, but I mean, I would think that they probably have the most people go to the races in the U S I mean, that's just my opinion, you know? So Bruce, what else you got? Yeah. Yeah. North America, you know, for sure. So Bruce, what else you got left this year? You going to, I know you're going to do the central Florida beast. No, I can't. What? Um, so yeah, I'll explain. I got, I've got Atlanta, 
super sprint this weekend. And then my last race will be the ultra in um, what used to be Spartanburg. I moved it to uh, that new venue. You're going to do the ultra? Uh, yeah, the one before Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, I'm doing that. This will be your first ultra, yep. won't it? Yeah, that'll be my last race of the year. So, Oh, cool, I man. wanted to do an ultra. This year was kind of like, let's do kind of metal horn it, trying to get some different, you know, did the Greek Peak one and trying to get some different color up on the metal. But I, I'm i starting to get jelly of all the people with the purple, so. Right. Man, you'll love it, dude. Dude, you will love it. You'll you'll want to go to Killington yeah. next year, dude. I swear. <laughs> well, we'll see. I, yeah, I think I'll do, I think I can do good on it. I think um, you can. But I, I'd like to pick a, yeah, I'd like to pick a nice, Something that's not too crazy with elevation first, and then we'll see how it goes. Oh, yeah, then, man. Yeah, You'll crush it, dude. Central... Yeah, hopefully. We'll see. But that'll be my last race, because the Central Florida weekend that I normally, of course, would do falls on the same weekend of the Kids World Championship in L.A. No so way. Many... Got to go yeah, to that. The same day. Yeah. You got to go to that so since you went Worlds. Figure... Yeah, man. It's his last race as a kid. Last time I'll get to compete. Um I didn't get to go with him last year, uh, so I definitely want to go. I want to go out there with him this time. And That'll be awesome, that. man. Y'all have a good time. Yeah, killed my uh, my five trifecta year that I had planned. Oh, really? Because I'm, I'm losing a beast. Hey, you can always but, run the beast in Carolina after you do the ultra. Don't think that I haven't thought about this. You can do it. I'll limp it with you because I'm planning on doing it too. I did it last year. It, it really, really, really sucked, but I told Leanne because she was waiting on me to do the ultra and she did the beast the next day and my IT band bothered me for like most of the race. And like, and I know she was trying to get a good time and I was like, I was thinking to myself, aren't you ready to walk? Because <laughs> I, was, I was pretty so rough. you did the ultra and then turned around and did the beast the next day? Yeah, man. I'm badass. You can do it. If I can do it. You are, you are badass. <laughs> Dude, man, my plan you was... You races and race like 13 times in two days. I can't. <laughs> my plan was to do the sprint in Killington after I did the Killington Ultra. I was like, no, nah, I just want to sit and watch TV and eat a bunch of bad food. And that's what we did. <laughs> we we did that last year and it was it was same deal. Leanne waited on me and Michael to finish the Ultra at Killington. Man, my balls were chafed so bad because I didn't put anything on them. Man, they look like red strawberries, dude. Man, I'm not exaggerating. And I just like, man, I don't know if I can be able to walk in the next, and you know, the next day. And uh, I put some destin on it, like diaper rash stuff. Man, it totally did the trick. I mean, I felt like I just finished like the worst leg day workout ever, but we managed to get through the sprint, and I. Took like two weeks off after that. Good but, God. but yeah, man, I'm pumped about you doing the ultra in Carolina. You got your strategy down for everything you're gonna put in your bucket and everything. Nah, man, I'm just gonna go out there and do what I do. I'm not worried about it. I hear you. I hear you. I, I have no idea, Scott. I have no idea. I'll probably call you the week before and be like, "What, what am I supposed to do for this?" I tell you, man, what you need to go ahead and start doing is doing some training runs. And, like, it, or it ain't even got to be a training run, man, but just go ahead and practice, you know, the fuel you like. 
you know, make sure, you, you know, your gut's going to handle it. You know, I don't really, I mean, I can pretty much try something new on race day because I never have any gut issues, and you might be that way too, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any problems. So, and, would you, I would think the strategy would be to, to, like, not come out real hard and maybe, maybe use, like, that middle section for your, your peak and then level it out in terms of, or are you just out all to the wall until? I mean, you know, what's the strategy there? Now in Killington, you know, you definitely I, I pace myself a little bit. But there last year, like me and Brian, we kind of ran out. We ran about half the race together, and we pretty much just stayed with each other. And we come out, and we were probably like you know top five in age group at the moment. And we were like, this feels like a good pace, and we kind of just you know went back and forth and just stayed with each other most of the way. But yeah. We kind of bonked a little bit towards the end. I know I did, and uh, I'm, I'm I probably did go out a little bit too fast because, like, towards the end, you know, you're at that point where okay, I just want to finish, and you've got one yeah. speed, and it's pretty much as fast as you can go. And I might have bonked on nutrition, maybe. I say I was on top of it, but and that's one thing. I would suggest too, like normally you'll probably do a super and won't even use a gel or anything. You know what I mean? But on this, I would hit something at least 30 minutes in in just to stay ahead of it. You know what I mean? Just get your gel. I definitely use stuff. Uh, Caffeine gel, um, big fan of Tailwind. One of the few things I think really works. Yeah. Um, Have you decided whether you're going to run with like some water bottle or hydration or anything? I don't think so because I feel like there's enough hydration stations out there. Yeah, I and didn't. I didn't run with any water there not. last year either. But you know, you do have yeah. to. Sometimes you do have to take time and stop and you know get a good couple of glasses of water. So don't right. don't think you'll be able to run through every table and just take a swallow and throw it. You know, sometimes you're going to have to get like a full cup of water. Like last year, it well, was about- it was cold too. So we didn't drink probably as much, but if it's hotter this year, I mean, you'll probably have to throw down some more fluids. Yeah, that's the one thing on the beast that I've started to, uh, it definitely helps if you stop for a sec and chug two good ones. Right. You're a little better a little longer afterwards than just, you know, trying to swallow and run. It really doesn't do anything, but elevate your heart rate because it's not how you're supposed to drink. Right. Yeah, it really doesn't help you. Man, I'm sure you'll do fine. You'll crush it. But, you know, one thing like this, the difference between, I mean, just because it's a flatter race, that doesn't necessarily mean it's it's going to be easier in one sense, but in another sense, it's not going to be easier. And the reason why I say that is because, and I mean, this venue, I think, is going to have a few more hills than Spartanburg did. But this race, you will have more of the ability to run than you will at like a mountain course because even though you're hiking up a hill you're still getting a little bit of that breath back so i mean there's i mean like i said my it band started bothering me towards the end of this race just because i was just running for a longer periods of time you know but yeah, uh, no, I'm, I'm definitely excited about it. I'm excited to try. Oh, man, dude, you you're going to love it, man. I'm so stoked you're going to do it too, man. Just somebody else out there I know that's going to be running with me. So that'll be cool. Yeah. Cool. 
It's going to be awesome. Man, well, I hate your... So Dominic's trying to get me to do it, let him do it, and he's not 18 yet. And he's like, come on, just sign me up. And I'm like, we tried it a couple times, and there's some kind of loophole they get you on. And I'm just like, dude, they're going to like... So he wait, can't do, wait, he can't do an ultra? No. That'd be 18. What? I wonder why. That's crazy. Yeah, even with my consent, he's got to be 18. Cause, and I think in marathons, it's similar if you're below... 18. I think with that, though, you just need a parent's consent. But, yeah, they won't even let you. Even with my consent, they won't let him do it. Huh. That's a bummer. So is he just going to do the regular beast? Um. Yeah. Yeah, he'll do the So, yeah, he'll do the regular one. Did you talk Sarah into the Ultra no. 2? <laughs> no. My buddy Caleb's going to go with me, but he'll be running the Elite Wave. How do they do that? Does everybody just go off at once, or is there... Does the elite go off first? And- so it'll be co-ed, and like the elite heat will go first, and then they'll wait fifteen uh-huh. minutes or however long, and then age group will go uh, after that. So is age group just all one yep. big thing? All one big, all one big heat. Everybody at once. Really? Yep. And then after that'll be the open uh-huh. heat. I want to say they may have two open heats go, but I'm not sure. Wow. But I imagine it, it, and this venue is like a new venue. And if you if you go to the Tryon uh, International Equestrian Center or whatever it is, man, that place looks like a Richie Rich, like horse park, you know, like they do all the like where they jump the horses over all the obstacles and stuff. There, they got on site yeah. lodging and restaurants. Just it looks like a, just a beautiful venue, you know, just a really awesome place. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I've heard. You talk about it, and I've heard a couple other people say it's a pretty amazing spot. Heck yeah, man. It should be a good old trip. That'd be good. You staying at the hotel across from Conyers? Uh, in Georgia? Yeah. No, my, I have, my dad was there, my brother was there. I oh, that's right. Their house. Because I got a pizza yeah. place up there too, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, he's got a bunch of them up there. And what What's his pizza place called again? I know you told me in, uh, last time I had you on. Johnny. Johnny's Pizza in Atlanta. Johnny's Pizza. Cool. 40 of them, yeah. Right. I know there's a few in Congress. Oh, yeah? You need to hook us up with some pizza. Yeah, man. Hey, did anybody yell out, I love Bruce Jackson at the starting line of the world champions? Of course not. My listeners let me down. (laughs) I think everybody was so focused on the fact that they were about to all, you know, flirt with hypothetical. Freeze. Nobody... Man, yeah, but it's weird though because at that event, like usually, I look on the first two rows of people on the start line, and I know everybody. And uh, there was a lot of faces I've never seen before. Yeah, there's probably a lot, a lot of people of there from other countries too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the guys that podium this weekend. I mean, other than Caesar and Ireland and the third, yeah, and saw Mike Aguirre, I didn't know any of the other ones. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, when you got to think too, a lot of those people out there is probably mainly West Coast guys too. A lot of them, and we don't see a lot of them over here on the East Coast. Well, you went to Big Bear, so yeah, and they all beat my ass at Big Bear. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I probably wouldn't. I mean, we we probably do really good over here on the East Coast. We go to West Coast, we probably get our ass handed to us. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. I usually end up. I can. It's it's crazy. Like I'll go out West Coast and. With these guys, and I'm like, should I just quit? Should I 
And then they come over here to Jacksonville, and I'm like running past them like they're standing still. I'm like, what? What the hell is going on? Like, you guys, yeah, it's flat. What's your problem? Just yeah. Run. Right. Yeah. So dang man, this is only going to be the two two last races we run against each other. Because you're going to forty, yeah. you're going to yeah. Coles, you're going to Coles age group next year. Yep. That means the bridesmaid. Yep. You can start chasing him like I've chased you all season. Yeah, I, I caught him. I caught him and ran him down at the uh, the street race there in Kissimmee. But yeah, that's only because he run elite and then jumped into that heat, probably sweating his ass off, and ran it again. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, usually when he does that, he beats me anyway. But, <laughs> um, my uh, my time my time would have been fourth in elite. Um. If I had run a lead and I, when I got to the burpees at the end, I, I paused and stopped because I knew I had such a massive lead that I could rest. Holy and I don't crap. know if I could have, I definitely could have pushed it more. Like, I like that stuff. That, that yeah, I mean, that's, just, when I saw the I obstacles stuff. and stuff, I was like, man, that's Bruce's jam right there, you know, because that's like what you do yeah. at the gym you train at and stuff, man. Mm-hmm. I knew you would kill that train. course. Yeah, so I definitely could have redlined a little harder if I needed to, and I, I'm kind of bummed that I didn't compete in the elite because I know, you know, it had it had a CrossFit feel to it, kind of, which right. you know I like that stuff, and uh, I know that I can in that kind of stuff. Like maybe I'm not as fast, but I can definitely push myself. I can redline in a um, in a physical activity or a weightlifting type of thing, or you know, even a metabolic type of exercise. Yeah. Way easier than I can running fast. Have you ever done a stadium? No, not yet. Man, I think you would crush those. Yeah. Yeah, everybody keeps saying, the only problem is, like, there's no running in a stadium. Yeah. But still, I mean, doing all those cool exercises and stuff, and, I mean, you could run the stairs, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. I think you'd, I think you'd do good there, because you're good at just accelerating fast and being explosive. I think you'd do good at one of those. Yeah, I hope that they, I'll definitely, that's on the agenda for next year for sure, do a couple of those. I, I really hope that they make the, uh, that street race, but uh, yeah, I hope they do more, and I hope they even make it its own series, because, yeah, I'll gladly give up national series for that. Oh, yeah. It's more my thing. I know, I'm curious. I, I'm kind of with Dustin. I talk with Dustin in West Virginia, and I, I'm kind of, I don't really like these beasts that go up the mountains for 15 miles. I'm not really digging it anymore. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like the challenge, man. It makes it fun. And the venues are just so... I like the challenge. I mean, I don't care for the weather. Don't get me wrong. I'd rather it be 100 degrees than 20 degrees any day of the week. But, you know, I mean, I don't want to race in the cold weather, you know, for sure. But... I do enjoy the mountain venues. Those are fun to me. I'd love to go to the Montana race. Man, that's that's just an expensive trip, though. That that land out there just looks really, just really pretty land. I do enjoy the views that you get on some of these races, for sure. Yeah, man. Tahoe had a oh, bunch of good views. I was just watching. They did so much better with the, uh, you know, with recording the race this year and just man the views they were doing while they were just following them up the trails i was like man that's i said that's a pretty venue i mean i see why people you know go to it i just i'm glad i'm still glad i didn't go because it was so cold though (laughs) yeah you didn't miss anything there (laughs) well bruce man i ain't got any more questions man is there anything else you want to add to this no i 
appreciate you letting me out. I know the first thing I thought when I uh, got out of the race was somebody needs to verbalize what happened here right. <laughs> to Scott. <laughs> he, he missed it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, and it looked fun, you know. Did you see where they gave the motorcycle to uh, Joe uh, Fournier? He's done 300 races, and they gave him a Harley-Davidson. Oh, really? Is that what they did? I know they were talking about. Yeah. Aren't they giving away uh, – I saw his medal. It was sitting on the trifecta uh, table when I went to get mine. Yeah. It was as big as a bumper plate. Is, <laughs> I mean, I was like, oh, look, that's, that's Joe's medal. That's awesome. That's insane, man. I'm going. I'm hoping to get a hundred races by the end of the year. I hear that they will give you a free sticker and some Gone Rogue tri- chips when you're walking out when you get a hundred races. <laughs> <laughs> nice man. Yeah, that seems like a goal that I'm gonna try to get. To. Right. I'm hoping they might give me a whole case of Gone Rogue chips. They usually do. Well, what's a third of a Harley Davidson? That's what they should give you. <laughs> right? <laughs> they give you a tire. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, you know, like a like a moped or something. Right. Did you see that Lanier and Charlotte's on the same week weekend next year? No, I haven't looked at anything for next year. Yep. That sucks. Yep. Lanier's a fun little race. I know. You know what I'm doing? But supers are so hard to come by, you got to go where the super is. Well, see, Charlotte's just a sprint weekend. It's not a super this year, next year. Oh. They changed well, that. That's an easy choice. I'll do it in there. But Fayetteville's going to have an ultra. Can you believe that? And it's going to be a beast. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, the Charlotte race has never been very good to me. It's always like the worst weather possible or something bad happens to me there so i'll gladly <laughs> give that weekend <laughs> well see me and michael are probably going to go to lanier and do the race at lanier and then we're going to drive to charlotte and do charlotte on sunday oh they're separate days yeah oh that's fine well charlotte is a sprint weekend where lake lanier is just saturday only yeah yeah so they're doing a sprint both days in charlotte right so that's what we're going to huh. do wonder why they did that you should totally. Well, I mean, Charlotte, until this year, Charlotte's always been a sprint weekend. I wish they did. Yeah, I, right w- the I wish they'd do a too. super sprint in, La- in Lanier because I would totally stay in Lanier. Yeah. Lanier yeah, is such an race. awesome like game. Heck yeah, man. Yeah. Did you do it in 2017? Yes, when they had the double sandbag carry on the dock. Yes. Yeah, I did it. That was fun. That was a good time. Well, hey, Bruce, man, is there anything else you want to add where people can follow you at? Uh, You can follow me at Bruce Jackson OCR on Instagram. Um, I am doing a lot of endurance running coaching for a lot of people. Uh, I can program, you know, if you're out of town, I can still program races, uh, program running do a lot from afar for you. I got a couple clients, uh, one in Chicago that just did, uh, my guy Chad Coleman just competed this last weekend, uh, this first beast ever. He ran it clean, ran it in three hours and 10 minutes. Oh, wow. That's um, awesome. At Tahoe. And yeah, so um, I've been working with him for, he'll be in the 40 to 40 plus age group next year and I've been working with him for the last couple months and just, you know, 
you need help running, I can definitely, I can help. Hey, tell us something that nobody else knows about you, or that most people don't know about you, Bruce. It's a new question I added. Is it? I love it. Um, right. I I don't I don't know. I don't know. Let me think. Besides, you have a navel tattoo. <laughs> well, I think everybody knows that. <laughs> um, I I don't know. You put me on the spot. I needed I needed a heads up on that question. Dude, what other hobbies you do besides OCR and working out? Is that it? <laughs> um, yeah, for the most part, I don't really do. I don't really do much else. Dude, you're ruining my new question. So <laughs> I know. I'm in the hobby of like you know. I have like 15 projects going on in a house that's never going to be done. So. Right. Oh, I hear you. Um, do you ever have a nickname, BJ? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, no. Everyone called me Junior when I was younger because my dad was a senior. Oh, yeah? There you go. Junior. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Hey, Um, Bruce, man. We'll see you this weekend, bro, man. It was good talking to you, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for talking to you, too. All right, bro. Take care. Yep. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Bruce B.J. Jackson again for taking time to talk to us. If you're looking for an OCR coach, I think Bruce would be a great coach. So check him out. We got a new iTunes review. Here it goes. My kind of podcast. Five stars. Texaru22 says, A bit late to the game discovering Scott's podcast, but he does an awesome job with it. His passion for OCR and the athletes that compete in it is unmatched, and I enjoy hearing the perspective of other racers as well as their tips for training and nutrition from his interviews. Keep it up and see you in Atlanta. Heck yeah, man. Come up to me and say what's up. Everybody, if you see me in Atlanta or hear me talking, which most people recognize my voice before they recognize my cool haircut, come up to me and say what's up. I'm staying in the hotel across the street from it. So if you see me in the lobby with bed head, come say what's up. Also, if you leave an iTunes review, meet me at the exit tent, and I will make sure Spartan gives you a free sticker. If they're out of stickers, though, you're out of luck. Maybe you can get some Gone Rogue chips. I will make sure you get some Gone Rogue chips. Because everybody loves Gone Rogue chips. I do. The buffalo ones and the bacon ones are pretty good. I mean, I wouldn't pay for them, but if there's free, I'll take them. Anyway, hopefully I'll see you at Conyers this weekend. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, leave a review, and we'll see you this weekend, hopefully. Later!